Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Hello and welcome from me, Ken Rundle. With me is Giz Gaskin, Yara's fruit specialist, because we're now going to review a year of Yara's research into a range of products enhancing the growth and productivity of soft fruit, top fruit and vines. And for once, Giz, we're not concentrating on conventional fertilisers, are we? Instead, it's biostimulants, micronutrients and others, but all with an interesting role to play in helping the plants help themselves. Would that be true? Uh, Yes, yes, that is true. Um, I should just summarise. I mean, in terms of uh, foliar feeds, what we have with Yara is is biostimulants and micronutrients. It's what what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Biostimulants really are plant stimulants and they they affect a physiological response in the crop after application. Um, The biostimulants per se, they're they're not adding a micronutrient benefit to the crop itself. If you were to test a crop to look for a particular stimulant, um, you wouldn't actually find it. So when we look at biostimulants, what we're really after is the, the physiological change in the crop. And biostimulants are normally, these are organic component products, either with or without a micronutrient formulation attached. And then micronutrients, what we're talking about, is really what we would have considered in the past to be foliar feeds. Um, So micronutrients are things like uh, applied iron or manganese or magnesium. And I suppose we should mention how this research was carried out. I gather it was farm-based and spread across the country. Yes. uh, on, On this occasion, because most of the research has been done in the laboratory to test the products, Um, we look at uh, how the products perform on farm. So the idea behind it is very much an opportunity for the grower to try the new product in their system with their own equipment um, and see how they they get on across their own farm. The idea behind it really is to try and minimize as much the extra input required to do these trials, which in turn allows the farm to operate as it would normally have done so. Um, we're also quite keen with these trials. I mean, they're, they're non-scientific trials, and we're quite keen to be really site-by-site. Uh, site. It's a, qu- a question of showing how has the test area compared to the control area. So it's, it's non-scientific in a sense of that, that terms of replications. Um, but what we have managed to achieve is by working with so many farms on a particular product, what we can achieve is we can look for a trend across the farms with a particular product, um, which then shows how, how best a, a product can be used. And like all trials, of course, that depended on the weather, and this year was a particular one as, as usual. Yes, this year was a very difficult year. I mean, tunnel farms this year did quite quite well, pretty much because they were under tunnel. But outdoor broadacre crops, the biggest challenge really was passed to me by one micro was uh, April came as May and May came as April. Um, by that. April was, it was a dry month, uh, very dry in some places, mild, some days a very good sunshine. So uh, I suppose in terms of the general public, perhaps looking like it was going to be a good year. Um, But for a grower, when they don't get that much rain in April, they get quite concerned because normally April would deliver about 80% of the water required for the season. Uh, May, by contrast, was very wet. yeah, a relief for the for the water concerns, but unfortunately, wet and cold. And in places, there were frosts as low as minus six and for more than eight hours. And the result of this was that, uh, well, quite, quite a variation in cropping. I mean, 
very early flowers that came were, were damaged and were damaged quite heavily. Uh, medium flowering plants were affected to an extent, but not completely damaged. They were stressed and, and some were able to be recouped. Um, and then late, late flowering crops almost missed the late frost completely. So these were unaffected, although they were very late. Um, but for, for a sense of the trials, because we had this variation in the cropping, we were able to adjust some of the trials to take a benefit from it. Well, let's look at the nitty gritty then, biostimulants. Uh, which products are we talking about here? Well, the two key biostimulants that we looked at this year um, with Yara, those were uh, Yara Vita Biotrack and Yara Vita Actosil. I mean, Actosil is an organosilicon formulation. It's a silicon acid. Um, which can be used to both stimulate root response and to, and to have an effect of stimulating the fruit and leaf as well. Uh, when I first started with Yara, we tested Actosil in strawberry tray plants. And what we saw is that we get a very good, nice fibrous root structure. Um, so this year's trial was to have a look and see if the same uh, physiological response could be seen in, in pear plants. So we drenched young saplings in Actosil and, and planted, and uh, we've, we've been spending time with the grower having a look through the season to see how they develop. And this year, yes, was it a good response. What we see is that across the row, as you look down the row, the, the, the plants are very uniform and they have quite a good establishment versus the control set. Um, and also they seem much fuller, although that, that now can't be seen because the plants have now been pruned for the next year. But pre-pruning, the results looked quite promising, I would say, for, for Actosil. Admittedly, this trial needs to run for at least two to three years before we can really see a, a difference between test and control. Um, but a very promising start, so I'm quite excited about that. Then Actosil as a folia bio, we tested in apples, pears and grapes. Uh, the trials focused on increasing skin strength density, um, which is really a consequence of improving skin quality and, and shelf life of the crop. What we saw is that what happened in the field mimicked the testing that was taken place by Yara in the lab. Um, and we're now, although we don't have the full set of results, now we're waiting on the shelf life results from those crops to see have we managed to extend shelf life and improve crop quality in shelf life. But basically what we're talking about here is improving the resilience, uh, which in a way means that they're better able to cope with stresses like disease or, or, or whatever. Uh, just that we built more and it mean, means less chemical intervention from other, other sources like herbicides and pesticides, in one, of the, one of the benefits anyway. Uh, yes, I mean, basically Actosil is, is increasing crop vigor. That, that's what it's about. Um, as I say, and root stimulation, which is the uptake of nutrients. So where does Biotrack fit in? Ah, uh, Biotrack, that's a combination of Ascophyllum nodosum and a micronutrient formulation. But Biotrack can be used for root stimulation as well, but this past year we looked at it more in a sense of its foliar applied benefits. So Biotrack, the way it works is really by enhancing cell multiplication. That's the organic component. And then the micronutrient formulation is supporting that expansion. Uh, so it has two key areas in terms of uh, fruit, or in terms of plants in general. Um, the first key area for fruit is fruit swell. 
because this is the point by which the uh, fruit is expanding quite rapidly on size and it's a, it's a distinct area of cell multiplication. So we, we've used briar track two to three times applied after flowering so that we can study how it best supports the cell multiplication stage. Um, we have seen a good result in the field with the growers. However, we want to do more testing because what we really want to do is to define this, this aspect, if you like, uh, to show it graphically or to show it uh, in, in a way that we can represent it in, in a presentation. Um, the, the other aspect of BioTrack is really as a stress buster. Um, and as I said, due to this year being a difficult season, one of our growers did unfortunately go through a period of very heavy frosting and had some quite badly damaged uh, pear crops. Um, so that particular grower then used BioTrack to try and see if it could relieve the stress of the frost and benefit the crop thereafter. And after application, we, we had a look together and what we could certainly see is that leaf which had been frosted in a sense, it had been turned yellow and, and very badly weakened by the frost was then able to recover with the use of BioTrack, uh, recover to a, a, what I would liken to a, a good looking leaf shape and size and as well develop the color. But uh, what was interesting as well was leaves which had been effectively damaged by the frost and then maybe potentially damaged by wind by cutting them or slashing them. Uh, these leaves were not able to obviously regrow, but where they were still attached to the plant, they did recuperate quite well. So they were, okay, you're not getting a full 100% leaf area, but you may have a 60 or 40% leaf area of a good size, of a good color. Um, so that was very, very interesting to see that actually BioTrack could be used in that way to relieve the stress and then benefit the crop thereafter. Let's move on to the micronutrients now. And uh, I gather what you're keen to talk about particularly is the work with iron. Yes. Um, this year we had a look at a new product which pretty much came into fruition right at the start of the year and then went straight into testing. Um, when we talk about iron in crops, there are really three approaches now. There's the, the older approach, which is ferric, uh, ferric sulfate iron. Uh, ferric sulfate, it's a commodity product really, but it's all about increasing the soil index of iron. And then that soil index will help your crop to uptake iron. Um, it's, a, it's, if you like, an older approach. Uh, so you would have to apply quite a substantial amount of ferric uh, sulfate products to the soil uh, you would expect to wait about three to five years for the soil to break down the ferric sulfate to an uptakeable form of iron, and then the crop would uptake the iron thereafter. Uh, then came the, the edda irons. Uh, these are iron chelates. It was really, um, the edders, they're, they're basically the smallest molecule of uptakeable iron possible. Um, they are applied to soil, and the idea being that there are more readily available iron for the root to uptake. So you save some of those years where the ferric would have taken longer to be uptakeable. The edda is there available. Um, then after that, we look at what's now called EDDHA ions. Um, this is a larger molecule, which incidentally was discovered, but it was discovered on the way to making the edda iron. Um, originally thought of as a waste product because it's a larger molecule compared to the, the edda iron. Um, so the EDDHA ions, 
These are important because these ions have an ortho-ortho content, which is much higher than the, the EDHA ions. Um, the ortho-ortho, incidentally, it's, it's a measure of how uptakeable the iron is to the plant. Um, so the EDHA ions are larger molecule chelates, but actually they're more active with regard to plant uptake. And iron is notoriously difficult to take up, whether it be animals, human beings, or certainly plants from what you've just outlined. So something that's readily available is going to make a major difference. Yes, that's right. So in a sense of the Yarovita ferritract, this is an EDDHA iron, which is actually when you look at it compared to a ferric or an EDHA iron, it's only 7% chelate, which is very low but the ortho-ortho percentage is as high as 60%, which makes you think that actually the crops, they don't need a lot of iron, they just need a very readily available iron. A Yaravita Ferrotrack is a liquid product formulation, um, which is very nice in a sense because it has no dust, uh, it's highly soluble, even when you're cleaning it off equipment. And um, my, my favorite catchphrase is it's as easy as um, squeezy chocolate and about the same consistency. Sounds, sounds wonderful. So which of the fruit sectors benefit most? Well, Ferrotrack was tested across viticulture, pears, apples and strawberry crops. But in the UK, it's fair to say that really viticulture and pears seem to struggle more than the others with iron deficiency. Of all the products Ferrotrack was trialled against, Ferrotrack did very well. Um, I would say it's certainly one of the best, if not the best, uptakeable iron available today. Uh, testing because of the weather that we've discussed earlier we actually were able to test everything from one application to a to a continuous application um, as you say looking at trends across all of the crops uh, what we what we found is that where crops are very deficient ferret track was able to increase the content of the leaf to 110 parts per million where there was a moderate deficiency, you could see content of around 180 parts per million or just over, which is it's about the recommended amount for leaf content of iron. And in the coir-grown strawberry crop, uh, we were able to get the content as high as 220 parts per million, but using literally very, very little product. But that was because it was in a constant flow situation. Um, so looking at the trials, broad acre, the best approach would be to look at two to three applications of the product, really trying to match the vegetative expansion of the crop. And in the tea line, if you have a tea line available, the best result is little and often through the tea line. So far, we've talked about products that are on the market, but you've been looking at another area of research, um, slightly longer term, haven't you? Any sort of thoughts on that? Yes, um, we've been exploring uh, looking after the flowers in fruit per se and flower growth. We have a new product which is coming out which will specifically look at uh, stimulation of flowers and then the protection of those flowers thereafter. But in fruit, the flowers are very important. And with this year's bad weather, we were testing some similar products to the one we, we aim to bring out. And certainly, as a consequence of the bad weather, it certainly demonstrated that this type of product could be very interesting for fruit. Uh, the trials demonstrated that the numbers could be increased and supported. But interestingly, when it was tested with pears, we noticed that the, the number of flowers were increased pre-pear fall. Pear fall this year was very poor, uh, as, as low as 80%. Um, but interestingly, after pear fall, 
the test plants had more flowers than the control. Uh, that is to say that Fairfall was consistent across both control and test. But it's an interesting point because it makes you think about pear management in years to come. So does that mean you're firming up next year's trials work uh, based on that or uh, are you still thinking it over? That, that means we are we have the product coming through hopefully to testing stage. So we will be looking for two to three key growers to test specifically that product for that purpose. It's yet to be named, so I can't give any details per se on, on, on how it will be named or what it be called, but it is coming to market. Then if we did tests next year, potentially we're looking at the year after that to launch a product for this purpose. And if any growers interested in taking part in those trials, are you still looking for volunteers? Yes. If, if they have, if they have a, a, an area they would like to test, they can get in touch with us or get in touch with myself uh, via, via the web or via my email. And um, yeah, and we'll take it from there. At this point, I normally ask uh, if some key bullet points and reminders, are not quite an appropriate title, but uh, are there things that you want growers to think about? Uh, yes. I mean, this year, as I say, the, the uh, Actosil and the Biotrack did very well. Next year, we have some new products coming to the market as Yara is continuing to expand its uh, biological range in, in Yara Vita. We have BioNui, which is an interesting new product. It's looking at soil buffering and soil carbon content. Again, if you have, a, if you have an interested grower, uh, if they get in touch. Yara Vita Biomaris, uh, this, this is a similar product to Biotrack, but uh, a slightly stronger formulation, really focusing on larger fruit swell aspect um, than, than the pre, pre-flowering aspects. And also we continue trials from the, the past year as we've discussed. And we have a new trial interest, which is to look at nutrition of fruit plants versus flavoring, which would be a very interesting area to, to look at. So some intriguing points raised there. Thanks very much for that, Gies Gaskin. Uh, no one can stand still in farming, I suppose, and the fruit sector certainly seems to know that probably better than most. I've certainly learned a lot today. I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time, hoping to offer you more insights into the world of Yara experts. So until then, all the best. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.